Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rabid Weasel Podcast. This is episode lucky number 13. Hey, we made it to 13. Cool. Hey, I didn't even piece that together. Yeah, lucky this is the 13th 13. episode, so uh, yay, that's cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> Should have been a Jason episode. A Jason episode, yeah. Jason Christmas I uh, uh, no, there hasn't been a Jason Christmas movie. There's been Jason in space, Jason on a boat, Jason mm. goes to hell. J- <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm, I I want to do a whole series on um, that series at some point. But anyways, today is not uh, today is hopefully you're hearing this by Christmas. If it's a little after Christmas, sorry everybody. We do have lives outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, and today we are talking about our second Christmas episode. Last one was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And that was really popular. Thanks for everybody to listen for listening to that. I guess you guys liked that movie when you were kids or something. But um, we were just week, particularly awesome. And don't give the credit to the movie. That was all I, up, man. I don't know. Maybe it was a good episode. But, but this week is Krampus. Or I think it's actually Krampus. But we are not German. So uh, Krampus is what we will call it um but ah first we need to do our introductions hello everybody <laughs> 13 episodes in most of you probably know who we are but uh, i'm jared the host rabbit weasel podcast super horror movie nerd joined with my brother justin who you've already heard say hello justin uh, hey good to see you again buddy <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say tell me he's not going to do that joke again uh, man you know oldies are goodies i'm good yeah, semester's over, so I like have gotten rest like a normal person for what I try to aspire to. That's been nice, and uh, we made it through Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, pretty good. Always happy to be here. It's good to see you. All right, and we're also here with my sister-in-law, Mia. Hello, Mia. Hello, everyone. And hello, Jared. <laughs> yeah, so we... Uh, Every week we, well not every week, about twice a month is what we're doing. Every episode, I should say, we uh, look at a different horror movie. Um, We just finished up our Halloween month. That was crazy. We did five episodes. Don't want to do that again soon. huh? Yeah, it was fun, but man, it was exhausting. It was a lot of work too, yeah. Yeah. So this for Christmas, we did two episodes. I already said Nightmare Before Christmas and now Krampus. Krampus is, let's see here. This is our second film by Michael Doherty. So I believe this is the first time we've covered a second movie by a director. Uh, The last film we covered by him was, I don't remember the episode number, but Trick or Treat. That was a Halloween movie, and this is a Christmas movie, so he's slowly covering all the holidays. The movie came out in 2015. It's a Christmas horror movie that's Christmas horror comedy, I guess you could call it. It really feels like he was inspired by 80s movies here have you guys seen gremlins yeah really a long time ago but yeah really long time ago yeah. yeah i can't remember how long it's been since i saw gremlins but this movie really reminded me of that you know there's like cute creatures it's a christmas movie kind of family friendly kind of horror but i don't know let's just jump right into opinions this was had either of you seen this before we decided to cover it yeah no you had Okay, did you see it when it came out? Yes. So you saw it in theaters? Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, Justin, this was your first time, though, right? I think uh, you should ask me about when you saw this movie in theater, actually, no. before, we, uh, before we swap over to me. Um, That's what I was going to do next, but first I was seeing if you had heard it, had seen it before. I was um, not aware of the movie. Um, was not. Um, was not really aware of it until we started talking about it all right so what did you think Mia, when you first saw it and did that change at all watching it what five years later um when i first saw it i actually really liked it it was a fun movie i experienced it with my family which there's just a fun story with it um but yeah um we <laughs> it's a really embarrassing story we showed up to the theater and we didn't realize we showed up too early and walked into a movie 
while oh, it was yeah. playing. Oh god, yeah, it's so really <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> no. This was before no, tell uh, the story right. No. Tell the story right, Mia. <laughs> well, we went up all the way to the seats and we didn't bother to notice it, but it was still sitting down. <laughs> they so tried like, to take me part of their seats. <laughs> like, hey, you're in my seat. <laughs> wow. Well, to be fair, this was before watches were invented. <laughs> do you remember was it an earlier showing of the same movie or did you walk into just a completely different movie you know what i think it was an earlier was it an earlier? oh no completely different movie oh wow yeah embarrassing but uh i did really like the movie <laughs> well good okay so that's a great story uh <laughs> um have you watched it since then? Was this like, is this a movie that you've watched a few times or? No, I hadn't watched it since then. Okay. So you still enjoyed it though, the most yeah. recent view or. Okay. Well, Justin, what about you? Your first viewing, what did you think of it? Um, I liked it. Um, as is common now, uh, I was really tired the first time. Um, so I just kind of took some of it in and then I watched the second <laughs> and the third time, uh, third time being this evening. And um I really liked it um, and I didn't piece together. I just kind of missed on the first viewing there was Michael Doherty and uh, Mia pointed it out and I was like, oh my goodness, this has him written all over it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just like what he did for Halloween except for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I liked Trick or Treat. Uh, it's maybe not my favorite movie ever, um, but uh, it was fun and it has some of the same kind of themes and lessons from it and it's got some genuinely kind of frightening moments and some frightening horror characters so um and i love some of the acting so i, I enjoyed it yeah there's some similarities we talked about in trick-or-treat how uh every character has like a surprise to them something about them you don't know and in this movie um, not all of them, but most of them, you realize they're capable of something that you wouldn't have expected. Like all these characters are kind of set up and then they have to sort of rise to the occasion. This one's different because Trick or Treat was definitely, um, I think that was, well, I think it was an R movie. I'm sure it was, but this one is PG-13. And with that in mind, you can kind of see it. Mostly gore is off the screen. They get one F word. I don't know when that rule became established, but PG-13 movies, you get one F word. Two, it's an R. One, it's okay. But yeah, all the gore is off screen and it's just kind of funny. I wish this movie, I do like this movie. Yeah, let me say that. I had a couple of small issues. I think there's some weird stuff that happens with the pacing that we'll get to. And I would have liked the movie to have gone even further with the craziness. There's a certain part in the movie where the craziness starts and it's a lot of fun but I wanted more, you know, but we'll get there. I guess with that, we'll just start right into the plot. If you guys are ready, this movie, um, well, one thing to say before we get started, it avoids the usual horror trope of having to start off scary. You know, most horror movies nowadays, you've got to start off right away with some, a death scene or something really scary. That wasn't always the case. I think sometime in the 70s 80s for sure yeah probably the 80s was when you had to start off with a scary scene but uh this is more old school where it starts off like it could be any movie and it takes almost half an hour before the scary stuff starts i love the opening credits of this movie <laughs> uh usually I, I like fast forward through opening credits or kind of you know don't pay that much of attention but this was brilliant you guys <laughs> either one of you want to want to take this and describe it mia Justin? Yeah, it's like a Black Friday nightmare, right? The, <laughs> everyone are, is running to get to the toys and they're fighting over them and it's a big mess. And it sets the tone for the movie, I think. Um, yes. In Doherty style, all these people are really, as one might say, violating the spirit of Christmas, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole thing about trick or treat, you know, respecting the the yep. spirit of the holiday. And it's the same thing here, you know, you don't respect the holiday, your attitude is bad and you you get punished, right? But yeah, it's and it's not 
so like Justin said, it's sort of a Black Friday type thing. There's people um, going into a store. It's all, sh- but from a filmmaking perspective, it's a lot of fun because it's shot like it's going to be a nice Christmas scene. It's all like in soft focus, slow mo- motion. There's that classic Christmas song playing. But instead of like, you know, people throwing snowballs or ice skating, it's people literally stomping on each other <laughs> and fighting and <laughs> trying to get these, these Christmas deals. So uh, that hooked me right away. I thought this is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, capturing some of the uh, excessive consumerism or whatever you want to call it. But it ends with what Max. Is huh? Is that a capitalism critique? Are we, are we going to be political tonight? Well, that's a uh, consumerism <laughs> critique, and no, we are not going to get political. As I remind you every episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just saying what I could get away with tonight. That yeah. <laughs> but uh, it ends with Max, who is our main character. And Max, I don't think we get his actual age. I mean, he's probably, what, sixth grade, fifth grade, maybe a little. Yeah, I was thinking older. like 10 or 11. Yeah, what do you somewhere think? in there. But he is our main protagonist throughout the movie. Uh, This scene ends with him getting into a fist fight with a classmate in front of the store, the store Santa, (laughs) which is great. You know, just a capital put up a period on the end of everything. And oh, by the way, everybody, I was Santa yesterday at my school. Uh, There are pictures. There are pictures. There are pictures. Excellent Santa. I uh looked apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. The only thing is um I I I am not fat enough. They didn't give me a, a pillow or anything, which I'm glad <laughs> because the costume was already kind of first of all, I'm wearing a sorry to go off topic everybody, but I got to tell this cuz it's kind of cute. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, teaching yeah. English at a school in Taiwan. Um, so the kids are, you know, Christmas is nothing here like it is over there. They do have some celebration of Christmas. So I got to play Santa. Now, first off, I have the beard on and we have to wear masks. So I'm wearing my beard, my fake beard over my fake beard. I'm wearing my mask. Then I'm wearing my Santa suit. The pants are too big. They won't stay on. The (laughs) belt is made of paper and it won't stay on. It's literally clipped with, um, uh, like a paper clip in the back <laughs> and my shirt won't stay closed. We have uh, Velcro trying to keep the shirt closed, but the Velcro <laughs> won't stick to the shirt. So we had to get a safety pin. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I didn't also have to maintain a pillow underneath my shirt throughout all that. But did you do uh, a lot of ho, ho, ho. Did you do a lot of that? Yes. There was a lot of ho. Yes. <laughs> and the joke yeah. was that I would, forget my line and ask people what it was like is it ho ho ha no ho 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 yeah because i'm a very funny person uh (laughs) there video of this (laughs) no there's no video of me intentionally saying ho 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 wrong but uh yes for things for christmas did they sit in your lap and say mr santa i would like a pony no first of all I fooled nobody. I mean, <laughs> there are three-year-old kids. My youngest kid, he's three years old, and he is like a baby still, you know. And as soon as he saw me, he was like, Mr. Jared. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, a three-year-old. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we had a play, and uh, this, is, this is as close to political as we'll get. The play was the – I don't know who wrote this – that uh, – the kids are worried that Santa Claus won't come this year because of COVID-19. So they have to get me a mask in a special protective Santa suit. And then at the end I come in with my mask. So yes, I have to wear my mask over my fake beard and I come in seven times. We did this play for each class. And then between that, I have to go take pictures with them. So it was all pretty fast paced, uh, but it was fun. Anyways. Hand out hand sanitizers. Yeah. (laughs) As gives. Okay, this has been completely derailed really yeah, early. Anyways, uh, Santa, thing. Santa, hold on. I'm bringing it back. Santa rewards you for being good. Oh, Krampus yeah. punishes you for being bad, right? So had either of you heard about Krampus before this movie? No. I don't think so. Not that I recall anyways. Yeah, neither had I. So this movie has actually done a lot to kind of 
popularize the uh, concept of Krampus over here, I think. But back to the story. Uh, so Max has gotten in trouble for fighting with his family, fighting with his classmate back home. So this whole first half hour of the movie really sets up like failed Christmas expectations. Mm-hmm. Max is, he gets back home and Max is still wanting to be like excited and childlike about Christmas. But his, first off, his father, Tom, goes off to answer a work phone call. Uh, Max's sister, Beth, complains to her mom, Sarah, excuse me, uh, about their cousins who are coming over. She says, they're the reason people shouldn't be allowed to breathe those your words mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) and mom says i said i didn't say that i said maybe they should have to take a test first so yeah family tensions foreshadowing so max is disappointed that no one wants to participate in the christmas traditions particularly specifically watching charlie brown which was made me think of trick-or-treat again charlie brown's an asshole (laughs) um so so he hangs out with his grandmother ami now let's talk about ami so because this Krampus is a German uh, folktale. They have a German woman, the grandma. And it's weird because she understands English and later in the movie, movie she speaks English. But for most of the movie, they're speaking English to her and she's speaking German back. Mm. It seems like the immediate the people who live with Ami, at least um, at least Max and the dad, Tom, they can understand German. I assume the mom can too but it's just weird that she perfectly understands english and they always speak english and they understand german but she always speaks german i don't know if that was to remind the audience that she's german so she knows but i don't know that was kind of a weird weird touch in the movie so she's ami is sort of the only one who has the christmas spirit too so uh max still believes in santa and she's encouraging him to write his letter and all that and everybody's stressed out because the relatives are coming to stay for a few days. When they show up at the house, there is the house literally shakes to, to set the tension because they have a giant Hummer. Let's break down the guest family who is coming to stay. We have Aunt Linda, who is, I don't know, there's, there's nothing too special about her. She's just Aunt Linda. Then we have Uncle Howard, who is sort of the the guy who peaked in high school, right? He was on the football team, and those were probably his best days. So now he's sort of like a cliche, uh, a gun-loving, football-loving, sports-obsessed kind of guy, right? Tough guy. You have sisters Stevie and Jordan, who are... Uh, I guess by their uncle, by their dad, made into huge tomboys. You know, they're like on the wrestling team and they're super not feminine. <laughs> you have their son, Howie, who I don't think ever says a word in the entire movie. He kind of reminded me of Dudley from Harry Potter. He's just kind of chubby and sits there dumbly, you know. And then you have baby Chrissy, who is just a baby, and the dog. And surprise, they have also brought Aunt Dorothy. Now, Aunt Dorothy, I haven't seen this show much, but she's played by the same woman who played the housekeeper in Two and a Half Men. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Piece that together. I've I've seen a few episodes of Two and a Half Men. Yeah, I've caught it on TV once or twice, but she's she's pretty much playing the same character, just like a really blunt, unpleasant, rude kind of woman, right? So immediately... (laughs) The, the tension is set up here. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the first act other than to say that it kind of, it sets the tone, right, of Christmas not being what you want. And it really captures what a lot of people face around the holidays, which is wanting everything to be perfect, wanting everyone to be happy, even though maybe you don't even really like the people you are spending time with. And maybe they're doing things that are really pissing you off. You know, maybe the dinner conversation is annoying. I think everyone can relate to that to some extent, right? You know, So this all comes to a head during the dinner where everyone's being very passive aggressive towards each other. Stevie and Jordan are teasing Max because they know he still believes in Santa. And they actually steal his letter to Santa and read it out loud, humiliating him, causing him to just completely like 
break down. Like he's had enough. He screams and run off, runs off to his room. I, I don't know. Do you guys have anything to say about this, uh, this sort of opening? I, I thought it legitimately made me uncomfortable. I thought it was brilliantly done to be like, yeah, this is, this is capturing everything pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Without I, being too personal. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, you, it, it did a great job of capturing family dynamics when you have families that are from, that are living different lives, trying to get together and spend some time together. And it feels like every family has their uncle Howie um, and um, the, he definitely he definitely embodies that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It does a really good job of like setting up like the tension and mm-hmm. to where it leads up with you know when we follow up what happens after Max gets into the and goes up to his room and all the tension you can understand why he's so upset. Yeah, Tom and Sarah, Max's parents, they're they're fairly successful, whereas Aunt Linda and Uncle Howard, we kind of get the sense that they're struggling a little bit and maybe they're not as, yeah, they're not as uh, financially successful or well-educated and there's the tension there and, you know, Howard kind of gives Tom crap because he doesn't see him as masculine enough you know he makes fun of him for being a boy scout instead of going into the military or playing sports stuff like that so but max runs off to his room and there's actually kind of a nice touching scene here where his father tom comes up to comfort him it's kind of nice at one time you know because max just finally asks him like you know why do we do this to ourselves why do we get together and even with people we don't necessarily like he says well because that's what a family is and you know he says he 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 wants to believe that things can be good it's kind of touching but uh his little speech does not work so max rips up his santa claus letter and throws it out the window and that's sort of what causes all the trouble it's the final sacrilege um (laughs) that literally summons uh the supernatural blizzard that comes in it blankets the town with snow. So I like the setup here because any modern horror movie, you always have to address the issue of, well, you got a cell phone, just call someone. Um, so every movie now has to have that scene where like, oh, the cell phone's not working. Also, isolation is a big part of older horror movies. You know, you watch, I don't know, any old movie where they break down and they've got to walk and find help to find a phone or something. Well, now you don't need that. But here, the isolation comes in in a freak snowstorm that buries everyone. You know, you can't really go outside. The power is knocked out. The cell phones are down. It's, it's, it's a logical setup that takes care of all that, right? So... When it, has it, it gives it a real... In this movie, they play it up almost to a fantasy element of like being completely disconnected from the rest of the world as we'll see, I guess. But you, you get a sense that they're like, not like that they are completely isolated. Not only are their cell phones off, but they, they're really disconnected from their regular world. Yeah. It's almost, you know, they might as well have been transported to a different world. They're so cut off. The snow is so thick. Um, that's another great beautiful thing about the movie is you really get a sense of the cold and the isolation there's always snow in the background it feels cold yeah i really like this this setup so even though again we're still like half an hour in and we haven't gotten to any real horror yet but there are some weird moments that are kind of creeping in like uh, there's a giant snowman outside the house this huge <laughs> there's this huge freak blizzard that's you know very dangerous and Somehow there's a giant snowman outside. There's a large bag of gifts from nobody sitting on the porch <laughs> that they bring in. <laughs> so Beth, the sister, the, the Max's older sister, she talks her parents into letting her walk down the street to her boyfriend's house. Bad idea, but they let her go. <laughs> um, and this is where... The, do you let your child do that? And yeah. uh, our answer was... Uh, it depends, but no. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, as she's going, she's walking down the street and like, again, this, the fantasy element comes in. It, it becomes unnaturally dark and cold. 
you know, it made me think of like a Silent Hill. Everything gets, it's like, it's hard to see. Everything's very dark. It transforms as she's walking, like she's going into a different dimension or something. So she's walking down the street. And again, like we said, she could be in a different world for all we know. Um, But then you start to hear bells and we get this blurry first look of Krampus who's standing on a roof. You know, just suddenly there's Krampus on a roof. We don't get a good look at him yet. All we can really see is this giant hooded figure with horns who makes howling noises and leaps from rooftop to rooftop, you know. So he is sort of the, I don't know, the the anti-Santa, you know, the, the demon Santa, I guess. Mm-hmm. So she takes off running. Uh, she finds a van in the middle of the road, but the driver is frozen to death inside. So she hides underneath it. Krampus lands outside of the van and starts like stalking around her. And we can see that he has hooved feet, you know, that the kind of goat demonic thing and is covered in chains. Uh, He jumps away, but then suddenly there's a jack in the box behind her underneath the van. Something comes out of it and we can't really tell what it is, but it cuts away to her, the van shaking and her screaming. And that's it. Beth is dead. (laughs) Just like that. Beth is dead. And now back at the house, there are two snowmen outside (laughs) in case you can't figure out what's going on there. But uh, (laughs) yeah, we've already talked about, you know, so the the horror has finally started, you know, it took 30 minutes of setting everything up, but now, now we're in it. After Beth doesn't come back home for several hours, Tom and uncle Howard take his giant Hummer. What does he call it? Louise, Lucille, Lucinda. (laughs) Lucinda. Lucinda. Yeah, he has a name for his Hummer. But they go out to look for her. On the way, they find an abandoned snowplow that looks like something has broken. Um, Well, at first they think, wow, he must have gotten a wreck. He got through out the window. And Tom says, no, something broke in. (laughs) Beth's boyfriend is completely trashed. So they go to investigate after grabbing some guns out of the Hummer. I love this little exchange here. Tom goes, you pack guns on Christmas? Uh, (laughs) The rest of the family is back at home and they hear like loud banging noises coming from the roof. And Ami, once again, uh, German grandmother, who is kind of hinting that she knows something. She's been building a very large fire in the fire pit since, since the storm has started. Tom and Uncle Howard, they go into Beth's boyfriend's house. And I love the way the house looks here. It's like I said, it's completely destroyed and filled with snow. It looks like it could have been abandoned for 10 years. You know, all this has happened in the course of a few hours or one night, presumably. But the house is like frozen solid. Everything's destroyed. There's a large gingerbread cookie stuck to the refrigerator with a knife in it. Which is funny, but also kind of creepy in the scene. Uh, They they see that the fireplace has like exploded outwards. (laughs) Uh, And next to it, they find footprints. And another great line here. I've hunted a lot of game in my day. Those are hooves. Big ones too. Could be an elk or a goat. And Tom says, what kind of goat walks on its hind legs? (laughs) (laughs) eerie stuff so they hear beth screaming for help in the distance so i guess she's not dead actually uh they rush out to find her but something grabs uncle howard's legs under the snow (laughs) and drags him away Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the part of the movie that kind of did you guys ever see tremors do you remember tremors with kevin bacon yes yeah not me. You never seen it? Mm-mm, I don't think so. I like it. You, you would maybe remember it if you saw it, Justin. It was. It used to be on TV a lot. It's the one with like the giant underground worm monsters. Yeah, I can remember some like pictures of it, um, but I actually don't remember anything from the movie. Well, anyways, it reminds me of that movie a little bit. There's, you know, these things under the snow, which makes even the snow dangerous. You might as well be standing in shark-infested waters, right? Um, but so uncle howard gets dragged away by whatever it is but tom rescues him by shooting at him by shooting at it whatever it is under the snow so they manage to get back to the house and they kind of downplay the situation at first to try not to panic the children i hear not here he's like uh 
I think I stepped in a bear trap. <laughs> Max wasn't having it though. Max was not having any of his bullshit. <laughs> no. Well, they kick the kids out, and uh, <laughs> there's a funny little moment here. They kick the kids out and make Aunt Dorothy watch them, and she gives them peppermint schnapps. <laughs> they tell Tom and Howard, tell the other adults kind of what they're experiencing out there. And then we kind of go into Night of the Living Dead mode. We're going to board up the house and wait everything out. Uh, <laughs> that night, Howard tells everyone to get some sleep while he stays up and watches. But because he's Howard, he falls asleep, allowing the fire to die down. Next, <laughs> either one of you want to describe what happens next? It's all you. <laughs> Mia? Okay, so next... There's a little um, chain that comes down the <laughs> chimney <laughs> and it's got a little gingerbread man attached to it and it entices the, well, this Howie, 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 Howie yeah. Jr. Yeah. Howie. And he just kind of like gets up and goes towards the chain and takes a bite <laughs> out of the <laughs> gingerbread man <laughs> and then it freaks out. It went fishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny. literally fishing. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny, but he is just, it's the dumbest scene. <laughs> like, just to show how stupid how he is, you wake up in the middle of the night during all this chaos, and there's a gingerbread man hanging in the chimney on a chain. You go over and just start eating it. The gingerbread man comes to life, and, like screams at him, and then wraps the chain around him, and... This eventually wakes up the uh, wakes the family up, and they try and save him, but they fail, and he gets sucked up the chimney. Goodbye, Howie. He's dead too. Um, something that's surprising about this movie, man. They just like they kill people off. They kill kids. <laughs> but, I love that um, thing his shoe just falls and hits his dad in the head. Yeah, it just, yeah. It's, it's just adding insult to injuries. <laughs> So everyone's freaking out at this point. Like, okay, things have definitely gotten way out of hand. But Ami, ta-da, English. Snowman. Yeah, that's right, another snowman. But Ami, (laughs) she's going to tell them the story. We finally find out her backstory. Again, in English, for the first time and only time in the movie, she decides to tell a story in English. Uh, There's a cool little animated sequence here. It kind of looks like something, you know, like from a Tim Burton film. It does. Yeah. It's too close to home with the sad Christmas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, she was living in, I guess this was Cold War, Cold War Germany, you know, back when it was divided. Mm -hmm. And she talks about being, you know, her poor, her poor family and sort of how the Christmas spirit was done. And no one would wear their masks. It was awful. It was really, (laughs) it was really horrible. uh okay i'll let that one go um but anyways so she loses faith in christmas and ends up summoning krampus the same way max has so krampus murders her entire family but leaves her alive with a little bell or ornament with his name on it as a reminder yeah and a so, week going out the door of psycho krampus oh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just a nice little touch, right? And it's like, I'm going to kill everybody and leave you alive so you remember. It's pretty dark stuff. Um, you wore a mask after that. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Anyways, that's completely throwing me off, Justin. You're completely that's throwing so me off. But uh, <laughs> Krampus has left her alone. She is. Oh, yeah. So the scene it's a cool scene. I like it kind of breaks up the flow of the movie. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Pulp Fiction, not Pulp Fiction, uh, Kill Bill, where uh, you hear the uh, o- Oren. I can't remember her name. Oren's backstory as with the, the Asian assassin when she's a little girl. Do you remember that? Manishi, yeah. Yeah, when her family was killed by the mobster and she gets her revenge. It reminds me of that. It's just animated sequence that kind of goes backstory. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it was done this way because this part of the story is so dark and violent mm-hmm. that maybe they couldn't have gotten away with having, you know, an actual little kid watching their family get slaughtered. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's a cool little segment. But now we know Ami's story. She's experienced uh, what's been hinted at. She's, she's experienced the whole Krampus thing before. 
Um, but you know, despite the despite the fact that I like this story, like I mentioned earlier, I think this middle act of the movie it drags just a little bit. Did you guys feel that that the movie kind of slowed down in the middle, or was that just me? Yeah, well, I agree. I it's, uh, it wasn't easy to get through at this point. I think um, so. Yeah, it has a slow point. I, it, um, yeah, I found there were a couple moments where so you have a little bit of a hard time staying engaged. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it's not, I mean, it's not that bad. But yeah, I agree. I think it was a little slow. Yeah, just it just slows down a little bit. I mean, there's cool stuff, but mostly here it's just the family kind of um, talking about what they're going to do, and it's dark and it's cold, and that's it. So it, it slows a little bit. They talk about, oh, let's go back to that snowplow we found. We can ride the snowplow to, oh, by the way, uh, what's what's the Hummer called? Lucinda? Lucille? Yeah. Yeah, she is destroyed. That was another thing I didn't mention. When they when they when they escape from the uh, snow monster, whatever it is under the snow, they find the Hummer is completely destroyed. So now they're going to go find, see, maybe we can go find the snowplow and go somewhere and look for help. But... Remember those mysterious gifts <laughs> that were found on the porch earlier? Well, up in the attic or upstairs, I don't know, they have opened themselves and it leads to the best part of the movie. Okay, Justin, your turn. Tell us what happens here. <laughs> what comes out of the, the, the Krampus's toy bag? Do you remember? It's a little gingerbread man, right? There's a lot of things. There's we've got the gingerbread men who are kind of like the one the, we saw earlier, huh? Where the dolls come out too? Yes, yes. Oh man, oh, there's like whole like jaw thing opens up and all the those teeth. The, yeah, oh, the that's jack creepy. In the box. Yeah, there's the jack in the box that is like a giant snake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there's the the group of gingerbread men. Yeah, it's like the ghost from Christmas Past. Uh, <laughs> this what? is what I think the little angel looks like. Okay. Is the little ghost from Christmas Past from Muppet Christmas Carol, just like demented. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's kind of a flying angel doll slash owl monster. It's kind of cool. Uh, we've got the gingerbread men. Justin talked about they're really cool. They go attack Uncle Howard with a nail gun. Yeah. Uh, I love them. That's weird. Talking about influences on this movie, that kind of reminded me of uh, the Puppet Master movies or dolls. There, there's been a lot of like killer little doll movies. Uh, and this one, they're gingerbread men. It's great. Uh, <laughs> there's this teddy, another teddy bear thing that's sort of like oh, a, yeah. an actual bear. <laughs> it's a bear! <laughs> <laughs> and there's a toy robot that likes to stab people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> This is a toy robot. You know, he's not in there as much, but yeah, he's just a little toy robot that goes around stabbing. It's great. It also reminded me of uh, one of the Amicus anthology movies, Asylum. There's a little doll that goes around stabbing people. There's a lot of a lot of those. This is the highlight of the movie in my mind. There's some cool (laughs) stuff that happens later, but the whole chaos that breaks out here with just the whole house turns into a war zone (laughs) um uncle howard is fighting off the gingerbread men with a shotgun (laughs) uh and the dog yeah (laughs) at the very end he runs out of bullets or he misses the last gingerbread man he's been shot with a nail gun he's laying on the floor and the 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 gingerbread man, which I think is on fire, is running after him. And then the dog leaps out of nowhere and bites it. It's like, good dog, good dog. Rosie. Yeah, Rosie. Yeah. Aunt Linda, she gets attacked by the angel dog. Angel doll, sorry. <laughs> but she goes crazy. She picks up an axe and is like, ah, it just goes crazy. Like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. and starts attacking everything with the doll, uh, the axe. Um the mom, Sarah, she stabs the teddy bear in the eye with an icicle. <laughs> too, yeah. It like pops. <laughs> yeah, it's like green blood. That's another filmmaking trick. Um, if you ever want to, if you're worried about getting an R rating in your movie, make the blood green and they don't care. Hmm. Same thing with video games, like uh, old video games, they would do that. They would make the blood green and the sensors just don't get upset if it's not red. I don't know. Uh, I don't make the rules. I just report on them. 
But uh, yeah, this was like the highlight of the movie. And I wanted this to be like all the movie. I wanted it to be half the movie or more, more, more. But <laughs> it doesn't last long enough. But it's awesome when it's actually happening. Just all these crazy, you know, perverted evil monster uh, toys, you know, Christmas toys that are monsters. So this is where I was talking about earlier, where everybody kind of rises to the occasion, right? Uncle Howard actually shows some some courage and does something actually kind of cool. Uh, Aunt uh, Aunt Linda develops a spine and goes crazy with an axe. Uh, the mom Sarah fights off the teddy bear. Yeah, great stuff. Even the dog, even the dog finally is yeah, helpful. That's right. Yeah, uh, and there's some more that come comes up next. But Jordan, one of the sisters. She is taken by the jack-in-the-box snake thing, and it, it escapes. So they send the dog off after it, and you hear them kind of like running through the, the walls. And the dog falls through the ceiling, and the, the snake falls through the ceiling too, right? And then the teddy bear and the angel come back for round two. <laughs> but then Aunt Dorothy, who has been the most unlikable character, well, except for maybe Howie, uh, has been the most unlikable character in the movie. She grabs the shotgun and finishes them off. So even Aunt Dorothy gets her moment. <laughs> did you guys like this part as much as I did? Because I, I, I loved it. This made the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I like seeing all the chaos. Everybody fighting these like things that are very Christmassy, but have a very, I guess, like Tim Burton-esque sort of like, you know, there, there would be something that Jack would hand out for Christmas, right? And yeah, exactly. With, like teeth, and, and it's a snake and, you know, killer gingerbread cookies. I mean, the, the effects were pretty great and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's a good mix here of like the, the gingerbread men are obviously CGI, but it's done pretty well. And some of it is practical effects and it blends together uh, very well. So yeah, great, great scene. But... Uh, just as it looks like Aunt Dorothy is about to kill the snake and victory, we've succeeded. <laughs> we hear sound and Ami just goes, elves. And this <laughs> army of evil elves breaks into the house. They take Aunt Dorothy, they take Uncle Howard, and they even take the baby. <laughs> but, and as it looks like they're about to take, you know, you know, this is the end. They're about to get everybody. They hear Krampus uh, calling them back. This to me, I don't know. Uh, again, we're getting into some of the pacing issues here where I felt like that should have been the big climax of the movie. Just the big fight out with all the evil toys. And then Krampus comes in or whatever. But we still have 20 minutes left in this movie. And over the next 20 minutes, there's a couple of times where I thought, okay, this is the ending. No, it's not. But we'll get there. So Krampus lands on the roof, all right, and finally Krampus is coming. He's what the movie is named after. And the family decides to make a run for it, get to the snowplow. But Omni stays behind to face Krampus and buy the family some time. So I like the scene, too, you know, with Krampus. He comes down the chimney, and we finally get a good look at him. Did you guys like the way he looked? He's so creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like the inverse of Santa. Um creepy and dark and blue and white and cold looking and yeah creepy he's creepy he, he's sort of like again I, I would like to ask somebody who grew up with the Krampus story about this movie um, mm. because this is our first exposure really to Krampus but he's kind of like a mixture between Santa and Satan right he's got the goat thing going on like you said he's, he's Santa's antichrist right and I love this idea. He looks amazing. That's the short there. And I love the idea of Ami confronting Krampus after all these years. You know, she's lived her whole life with this sort of secret experience as a child. But it's kind of anticlimactic because she doesn't even get to say anything. He just unleashes his bag of evil toys on her. And yeah. goodbye, Ami. <laughs> that was a little bit of a letdown. But getting to see Krampus up close was cool. What happens next? They go to... Oh, they start to get close to the snowplow. But that whatever it is under the snow Keeps attacks again yeah. and it yeah. gets everyone everyone except for max and stevie so but stevie is kidnapped by elves so we're down to just max and i was really surprised at this point in the movie i'm like wow they they killed off everybody <laughs> really 
Um, this movie has more kills than your typical slasher movie. Everybody dies. Really? Um, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's good to be left with Max at the end, uh, the first time through. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me that he was whose perspective we were kind of following. Yeah, for a PG-13 movie, it gets pretty dark with, you know, um, killing children, killing everybody. <laughs> um, but it's just Max left. I mean, we think maybe Stevie's still alive. She's been kidnapped. I don't know. But uh, Krampus finally comes to Max and he confronts Max the same way he confronted Ami previously. He leaves He leaves Max one of his little ornaments again, the same way he did to Ami. Uh, and also gives him back his torn up Christmas letter, his <laughs> Santa letter. So here we are. I thought that that could have been the ending of the movie. And it also makes it feels like it's going to be because you hear Ami's narration again about Krampus as a reminder about what happens when hope dies and all that. So, okay, the movie's going to end here. It's just kind of a dark ending. Nope. Max goes walking through the snow and he finds Krampus and his monsters torturing Stevie. <laughs> Max screams at them that he wants to take back his wish. Okay, maybe this is going to be a kind of cheesy, but Max repents and that undoes everything because like this hole starts opening up in the ground and i'm like okay so the hole's gonna swallow them and that'll be the end nope uh, <laughs> instead they pick up stevie and they throw her in the hole this hole to hell right um so max starts crying and asks krampus to give the family back and take him instead and krampus comes up and like wipes away his tear touches his tear i'm like okay so this is going to be the cheesy ending. He cries and his tears bring it back or whatever, you know, kind of like a Disney thing. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead, all the monsters start laughing at him. <laughs> they pick up Stevie and they throw him in the hole too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe this is the ending. Everybody dies. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, instead, we get Max wakes up on Christmas morning like, oh, it was all a bad dream. We're going with that. He goes down. They open up their presents. Everything seems normal. But one of Max's presents contains Krampus's ornament. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's talk about the original ending first. There were actually two endings here. Um, so no one says everything, but it, the camera kind of slows down and you can see on everyone's faces that they're all you know, like they all kind of remember it. So maybe they all had the same nightmare or maybe they all experienced this and they're all getting a second chance, but the look on their faces shows that they all understand what has just happened. And before we get to the real ending, there was an alternate ending uh, or an alternate scene here where uh, the same exact thing happens, but only Max realizes what's going on. I don't know, which... Everyone else just carries on like normal and only Max remembers. I don't know. Which one do you like better? Do you guys like having everybody kind of remember or having just Max remember? I like the one where everybody remembers. Yeah. Because everybody lost the Christmas spirit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, it would have been more kind of standard or I guess more typical if it was just Max and it was like just a bad dream he had. But the fact that the Krampus gift triggers everyone else kind of having this look of horror on their face or of wrecking recognition slash horror there's something that they all kind of were in you know experience together yeah. I, I'm, I'm with me I, I like that better also yeah i think i agree with both of you i think because again another little fake out i thought that's how it was going to end like he opens the present he remembers everything no one else does the end but actually it's like no one says anything but they all sort of remember what they've experienced you know their own deaths <laughs> i guess yeah. and then we have the real final ending of the movie the camera zooms out revealing them to be inside of a snow globe and it's one snow globe that is sitting on a shelf with hundreds of other snow globes in krampus's lair or wherever he lives the end i think there's a couple of different interpretations here but mia let me get your how did you what do you interpret this ending as saying? Because I think there's really two ways you can go. Yes. Um, so when I initially went, one of my initial thoughts was that they were just like 
stuck in the snow globe, doomed to repeat the same day over and over again. Kind of like, because during the movie, there's like, some of the things that we pointed out is like, there's never any neighbors. You don't see anybody else except like the delivery guy. And every time they tried to escape the area, they couldn't get away. It was like the snow kept them from going anywhere. So I thought they were just like doomed in snow globe hell <laughs> to repeat the day over and over with each other. Yeah. Uh, but did you change your mind? You may sound oh, like you changed your mind. mind. Um, well, I kind of went on, when we watch movies, I kind of, kind of would like to do some research on see what other opinions and stuff. And one of the ones that I ran across was that because it being Doherty, um, he talked about how people like in Trick or Treat, uh, disrespected the holiday and that it was something that I saw also in because it wouldn't make sense if it was only like Max and it was um, like a dream sequence or something. But he was saying, um, so the person that I was uh, reading on their stuff, and I can't remember really now, but he his version was that it was really like the snow globe was a looking glass that Krampus would use to look in because the song um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is playing as the scene is playing out and so um, when some of the lyrics from the song is he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake he knows when you've been bad or good and so it would be like Krampus's looking glass to all the houses and making sure everybody's like respecting the holiday. If not, he goes in there and takes care of them. Yeah, those are both. Those are the two interpretations I walked away with. Justin, how did you? How did you see it? Um, I saw it the same actually. The first time through, um, it seemed to me like maybe they were captured in a snow globe and they were all realizing it, but we. We're kind of discussing it, kind of doing some research on it afterwards. And me, I found this interpretation and I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And it fits in more with like the Michael Doherty universe, if you will. So I really, after thinking about it, I, I like the explanation of it being kind of like a warning from Krampus says like, uh, this is, uh, you better, you know, treat Christmas better and I'll be watching in the way that Santa's watching. I'll be watching. So you better behave. Yeah. Before I forget, I want to point out that song, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Everybody go listen to that because they actually changed the lyrics to be about Krampus. And it's even more dark than the original. Um, like, let's see. He's made his list. He's checked it twice. I just pulled up the lyrics. He already knows who will pay the price. Krampus is coming to town. He eats you if you've cheated. He beats you if you've lied. He knows just who's been bad or good, so be good because you can't hide. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's uh-huh. – they've reworked the entire lyrics to be about Krampus. Um, but, yeah, I, those are the same two interpretations I walked away with from the movie. And I thought at first, like, okay, so they're trapped in hell or the Krampus hell. But if that was the case, then why would they be – it doesn't make sense to have everything wake up and be normal. Um, so, yeah, I saw it the, the same way, the second way, that it's sort of like, hey, you had to go through this horrible experience to teach you not to be assholes, and I'm watching you <laughs> is basically what that comes down to. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. Then – that's Krampus. At the very end of the credits, uh, if you watch to the end, all the the evil toys jump out at you at the very end. Anything we didn't cover? Any last words there? No, mine are. I did like the that they the ending where everybody knows that it was like. Well, I guess that they remembered that it was like a dream because Max was really the person that was like still wanting to have the holiday spirit and trying to get everybody to go along with it. So it wouldn't work for me if he was the only one that would remember because mm-hmm. no one would have learned right, right. lesson, right? I like it. I mean, I, you know, once once I pieced together things to me that it was a Doherty film, it like all 
came together for me. I mean, it's just. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was just very much like uh, it sets a tone from the very beginning that people have lost the sense of Christmas and then Krampus is there to remind them just like the little character from trick or treat. I mean, it's, and it's, this, it's just very well done. It's a lot of fun. It's a new kind of, it was not new mythology, but it was new mythology to me and mm. a little dark piece to Christmas. So, and you know, I, we made a little bit of joke of it earlier, but I, you know, it, it is kind of a dark Christmas this year around and it was nice to like watching Ami's kind of backstory and, um seeing her deal with that and you know i i thought it was i was kind of glad that it was what we were watching leading up to christmas so yeah i really enjoyed it well before we move on just uh i think the film was a financial success with mostly good critical reviews i think some of the critics pointed out some of the issues we said with some of the pacing being off or you know uh, my main thing is i like the movie there was some weird pacing in the middle, but it's not that bad. Um, uh, the second time I watched it, I actually found the pacing was a little bit better when you kind of knew where it was going. Mm-hmm. But uh, my main thing is I just wish the movie, maybe if it had been an R, like a hard R-rated movie, and they just went all out with ins- the insanity. You know, I wanted half the movie to be the toys. And the ending dragged on a little bit. But yeah, it's a good movie. It's one I'll watch again. Uh, it's developed a following. You know, a lot of people watch this one every year now. I don't think I'll watch it every year, but I will watch it again. Um, and America, uh, us all being Americans, this movie has kind of taught us about Krampus, which is something we knew almost nothing about before the movie came out. So that's cool. But before we why, uh, kind of finish up Christmas here, uh, what other, have you guys seen any other, there were so many movies I wish we could have gotten to this year. Uh, that are cr- like Christmas horror movies because it's a huge genre, especially in the last 10, 20 years. It's really exploded. Have you guys seen any other Christmas horror movies that we could have gotten to? I've got a lot. <laughs> Christmas horror? No. We went the traditional Christmas roots and then <laughs> some <laughs> Christmas movies. Like we, re- re- we just rewatched um, The Santa Claus. Mm. with uh tim allen and one of my favorites to watch anytime and i think it was the first time you ever watched it was um, the fifth element i love that movie we also watched a new version of uh, a christmas carol oh, yeah, i don't know if you movie. count christmas carol horror or not but oh definitely if, if you do um i mean muppet christmas carol of course is remains it's a little less horror but still frightening i contend and muppet's christmas carol had parts that scared me as a child and that is my favorite christmas movie period if you guys haven't seen that movie go watch it i mean uh, christmas carol is like i don't know if it's the original christmas ghost story uh christmas horror story but it definitely is and it kind of has the same theme as this movie right Mm -hmm. uh you know don't have have a good attitude about christmas or bad things will happen yeah um yeah there's there's a lot of them uh it's a Wonderful Life, Justin, when we, we've watched 20 times, 30 times in our life. Oh, yeah, I was. I mean, I didn't think of it because I was only thinking of horror movies. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, go see it. If you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, um, go see it. Uh, and you, uh, go see it. You, sh- you should watch both of them um, immediately. Uh, stop whatever else you're doing. Right now. Right now. Um, Jimmy Stewart. Just to be clear. <laughs> Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is not a horror movie, um, yeah. uh, it, but it just had to be brought up because yeah, it's a Christmas movie that everyone needs to see. Uh, it does have some darker themes in it, right? Like mm-hmm. suicide, depression, yeah. uh, worthlessness. Those are all things that get brought up in the movie, but that's a good movie. Um, but other last, some last horror, Christmas horror movie shout outs. Uh, Gremlins we already brought up. Black Christmas, the original uh that's one you need to see let's see here silent night deadly night silent night deadly night 2 is the one with garbage day have uh have you guys seen that garbage day okay look up garbage day it's one of the best lines ever um they had it's one of the most um 
some of the best overacting in a movie ever. Uh, they told this guy, apparently the director told the actor like, no, more, more, more. And he just kept telling him more, more, more. So the acting is so over the top. And yeah, if you Google garbage day, you'll get a million memes. Um, <laughs> garbage day. And he just starts killing people while he's dressed as Santa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what else? Um, Gremlins we mentioned. Actually, when I first tried to get Krampus, I bought, there's been a few Krampus movies. Uh, I bought the wrong one the first time. What else? Like Krampus origin story or something. That, uh, yeah. Oh, we need to talk about um, Tales from the Crypt, the EC Horror comics. I don't know if this was actually, there were three of them, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear. I'm not sure if this story was actually in a Tales from the Crypt, but they're all basically the same thing. Um uh, there's a story from there about, uh, Justin, you've seen it. We've watched the episodes where the woman murders her husband on Christmas Eve and the crazy guy dressed as Santa comes out and comes to her house and she can't call the police because she's got her husband's dead body. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and All Through the House is the name of that story. It was adopted in the Tales from the Crypt Amicus movie from the 70s. It was... Uh, adapted in the 1990s Tales from the Crypt TV show. That's a classic. You got to watch where, uh, you know, there's been a million evil Santa movies and it's just, it's, it's fun for me, but uh, and yeah, I guess Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that stuff. Everybody. It's our last episode of the year, right? Yes. This will be our last episode of the year. Uh, we don't have time for, we've been doing a lot of holiday stuff lately. We don't have time for a New Year's episode, but if you want to watch a New Year's horror movie, there's a New Year's Evil. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, you got a laugh from the audience on that one. About a guy who goes to, it's a slasher movie uh, about a guy who's going across America, killing at midnight in different time zones. And uh, it's kind of a ch cheesy movie, but I like it. So if you want a, a New Year's Christmas, New Year's Christmas, blah, 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 New Year's horror movie, there's Christmas Evil, fun little slasher movie. Uh, but next, we're going to get back to the regular schedule of things. We're uh, al alternating choices. Um, <clears throat> next is whose choice was it? Was it mine? Let me check. Yes, mine. Our next episode will be on The Shining. The Shining, the original Shining, one of the start to the year. Oh, I'm really excited to watch Shining. Yeah, here's Johnny. Ah, Red Rom, Red Rom, Red Rom. Yes. Go read. Um, go read the book by Stephen King. Watch the movie by Stanley Kubrick. We'll have a long. That's going to be a long podcast. That's a long movie um but yeah let's uh and then after that it. what's after that what's after the shining well we can't say what's we have to say that at the end of the shining oh, we only get one week note off oh, yeah all right I, i'll wait i can handle it but we've got some fun stuff coming up we're going to keep trying this uh two two a month pace here the next year we're going to you know really try and build on the podcast a little bit everybody uh you know, if you could share this with your friends, people you think would enjoy it, we're, we're, we're working very hard on it. It's fun for us. We want people to listen. Um, we've got the Rabid Weasel, the, the Facebook page is Rabid Weasel Reviews. I haven't been doing a lot of writing, but sometimes I will do some writings on there. Uh, guys, send us messages on Facebook or, um, you know, send us requests, send us comments. If you give us a good one, we will read it on the podcast. Um yeah, maybe we're thinking about if you have any ideas how we can build this thing, let us know. We're thinking about maybe getting a, a Patreon. Uh, if you want to just send us money, that's great. We'll take just money. <laughs> um, but yeah, like us on Facebook. Support the page. Thank you for the support we've had so far. It's already become, you know, more views than I had expected to have at this point. More views, more listens. Um, yeah, any last words? You know, um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, 2020 brought a lot of madness, but uh, 
one of my favorite things about 2020 was the three of us starting a podcast together and um, experiencing some movies together. So I'm really excited to do it in 2021 and encourage people to listen and share. And yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if nothing else, they might learn a few things and uh, have a couple giggles <laughs> along with yeah. us throughout the evening. So uh, uh, I encourage people to check us out and share it. And uh, uh, what you say, we'll, we're going to build out some more in 2021 and send us messages and um, would love to have some movie requests or any ideas you have that might make this more fun. It's been a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. We'll take suggestions too. And uh, yeah, 2020, man, it's just, uh, it's been a year for everybody. It's definitely been the craziest year of my life. You know, all this stuff that's already kind of been brought up in this podcast. Thank you, Justin. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> <I'm definitely> <laughs> hey, they, uh, hey, they gave me tenure at work, man. Oh yeah, he so he can do. If you don't know this, if you have tenure and you're a professor, you can just do whatever you want, basically, yeah. short of committing crime. Um, <laughs> I don't commit any crimes. Uh, no, he's not committing any crimes. Do your job, but uh, we can talk about whatever we want, man. We can talk yeah. about whatever topics we like. So maybe next year we'll get into some of the more hardcore stuff, man. Um, if people are interested, it might scare us. I've been holding off on, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, Salo, that kind of stuff. But I would like to get into some more of the extreme stuff, touch on that. But, one of the uh, yeah, this, this, I've suggested for next year is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. So I know I can't say yet, but I think even early on, we're starting with some pretty creepy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at our schedule here. That's a good one. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... But yeah, this this year, man, it's been crazy. It's been hard for a lot of people. Um, I know it's been the craziest year of my life. I went to a different country with uh, no, just a goal, no real plans. You know, I came over here like, hey, I'll see if I can find a job. It worked out. I'm really happy with my job. We started this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. There's some cool stuff going on in my life. So I hope 2021 is a a good year for everybody, you know, stay positive. Things are going to get better. And uh, there you go. There's some good Christmas spirit. And I guess we'll end on that. So <laughs> say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. goodbye. See you next year.